welcome to our seventh session in our series, Lost and Found. You know, through this series, we are really learning how to lose our life so we can find it. Jesus said in Matthew 16, if we try to save our life, we'll lose it. But if we lose it for his sake, that's when we find it. And then he also said in John 12, that it's only when a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies that it can then spring up and produce a harvest. We are seeing God produce a harvest of his nature in our lives. And I hope these core verses are really sinking into your heart. You know, we're learning that when we're willing to continually look to God and ask for his help, rather than just doing whatever our flesh feels like, that's when we position ourselves to lose what needs to be lost and find that harvest of his power and his nature working in us and through us. In our last few sessions, we talked about fear and hurt and pain, and we've seen that yes, these things are gonna come in life, but it's our response to them that is so important because our fleshly nature will want us to respond in a way that will keep us stuck. But the spirit of God within us wants to lead us into strength and hope and trust and healing to keep us moving forward. I really wanted to talk about those areas first because if we allow our fleshly nature to dictate our response to those things, they can often become underlying factors in other behaviors. So now, today, we are going to move forward and we are going to start talking about some other things that if we learn to let go of and lose, we will discover more of God at work within us. We are going to start talking today about our own fleshly desires, okay? Don't start squirming in your chair. It's going to be okay. Remember, this is all about finding the life God wants us to find, okay? So we already saw in this series from Romans chapter eight that there's a conflict between our fleshly nature and the spirit of God within us. And the conflict is so real and so evident every day. And we're gonna look at another passage that talks about this conflict with such clarity in regard to our fleshly desires, okay? So if you've got your Bibles, and I hope you do, I want you to open with me to Galatians chapter five. We're gonna read lots of verses from this chapter today, okay? So let's start in verse 16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Can you relate to that? Have you ever felt like you weren't free to carry out your good intentions? In Romans chapter seven, Paul said, I don't understand what I do, for what I want to do, I don't do. I have felt like that, haven't you? It's because of this conflict within us. 
You know, when we are followers of Jesus, it doesn't mean that we're all of a sudden perfect and we automatically live according to the Spirit of God in every moment and in every situation. No, <laughs> what it means is that we now have the Spirit of God living in us to help us live in victory over our sinful nature. It means we no longer have to live according to our sinful nature. We can choose to let the Spirit of God help us in every situation. And then Paul continues in verse 18. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. Now we have to remember that Jews had come to Galatia teaching that they needed to go back to trying to fulfill the law by being circumcised and striving through works to gain God's approval. So Paul's reminding them that not only do they no longer need to live according to the sinful nature of their flesh, they also don't have to live under the law, striving in their flesh to gain God's approval. Jesus came to fulfill the law. And as followers of Jesus, we have the Spirit of God in us to guide us in the way we should go, okay? So Paul has talked about this conflict that exists between the flesh and the Spirit. And then he goes on to talk about what each one can produce when we allow them to guide us. So. Just like we've done in previous sessions, we're going to look at each one separately. Our fleshly nature versus the Spirit of God within us in regard to navigating our fleshly desires, all right? So let's start with our fleshly sinful nature and look at what Paul says in verse 19 through 21. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, first of all, I want us to see that when Paul says anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God, he's talking about those who reject God, who choose to live in rebellion to God, doing whatever their flesh wants and making that their lifestyle. He's not talking about the one who makes a mistake and turns to God with repentance, confessing their sin and moving forward with God, okay? I wanna make sure that is clear. Now, I think it's easy to read this kind of list of works of the flesh and think, oh, that's not me, that's, the, that's bad, that's the really sinful person. Well, let's just take a look at that list a little more closely now, okay? And we need to remember that our English words are going to vary from translation to translation. I'm reading this out of the New Living Translation, but they're all taken from the original writing. So we don't need to get caught up in one word that's in one translation that's not in another. We want to look at the overall context, okay? And we're going to see that the first few really refer to sexual sin, sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures. 
in our world today, sex outside of marriage, sexual promiscuity, it's considered the norm, isn't it? And our fleshly nature tries to convince us that it's no big deal. But according to scripture, it's a big deal. And we need to be aware of the thoughts that try to justify it and recognize the fact that those thoughts are coming from our sinful fleshly nature. You know, that nature that we're trying to lose, that nature that we're created not to follow with the help of the Holy Spirit. And maybe that's an area that you're struggling with in your life. I want you to know right now, God is not condemning you. He loves you and he just wants you to talk to him about it so he can lovingly give you his wisdom and his guidance, okay? Now, the next two sins in this passage are sins of idolatry and sorcery where we're making something else a God in our life. It could be things. We live in a world where people value money more than God and put all their time and effort into chasing after those things consumed with greed, right? It's all around us and people wanting to just be around people that have all of those things. But we need to be really careful and aware that putting anything above God, pursuing anything more than God, it's making it an idol in our lives. And that idol, it could be things, it could even be people, or it could be evil spirits. When we see the word sorcery in this passage, or some translations say witchcraft, it's talking about dealing with evil spirits. We need to be aware of things in our world today that would try to pull our fleshly nature in that direction, all right? And then it goes on and there's a bunch of things that are considered sins of temper. It says hostility, hatred, contentions, quarreling, outbursts of wrath, murder, envy, jealousy, selfish ambitions. If we're honest, we can probably all say we've had our temper get the best of us at times, right? I know I have. We've engaged in arguments we didn't really need to. At least, I know I have. Maybe we've even had private conversations where we spoke poorly of someone and caused the other person to then think poorly of that person. That's divisive, and it's also known as gossip. And the Bible talks so much about our words because they're so powerful and can literally destroy whether they are spoken out loud or internally. And I want to tell you, I have to walk these things out myself. And even as preparing this series, God's been showing me things that I've had to adjust and make little adjustments here and there. And, and one thing he showed me, I had a bad attitude towards someone. And he showed me that that internal attitude was causing me to feel strife and to speak negative things to myself about that person. And as a result, it was bringing about division in that relationship. You know, sometimes we think if it's not spoken out loud, it's not harming anyone, but it's still bringing harm. In my past, I've had hostility towards someone who really hurt me. 
hostility in the original writings, it really means to wish ill on someone. And I remember one time God asking me to pray for that person. And I said, oh, can I pray something bad happens to them? <laughs> Obviously, I knew the answer, but that is how my fleshly nature felt in the moment. Maybe you can relate. All right, did you know that even envy and jealousy and selfish ambitions are considered sins of temper? When we're envious or jealous, we're thinking negatively towards that person and very possibly speaking negatively about them, putting them down, devaluing them to make ourselves look or feel better. Selfish ambitions in the original writings, it refers to putting oneself above another, a self-seeking pursuit at any cost. And it's prideful and it brings division. Our world today tells us that we should become self-promoting, that we need to make ourselves known, right? But remember, our sinful nature loves the ways of the world and will do its best to lead us in that way. I want us to read a couple of other verses. Listen to what it says in James chapter 3, verses 14 through 16. It says, But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast or lie against the truth. Don't try to justify it. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. Wow. And then listen to what it says in Philippians 2 verse 3. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Self-promotion, selfish ambitions are the ways of the world and the ways of our flesh. And then the last couple of works of our flesh that are listed here in Galatians 5 are referred to as sins of our appetite, drunkenness, wild parties, and the like. And the Bible also talks about gluttony, which I think could be thrown right in here as well. And then Paul says, and more. So we need to realize this is not a comprehensive list of the works of the flesh, but it gives us a start, okay? So Paul lays out for us some of the things that our fleshly nature want to lead us into. And of course, our sinful fallen nature wants to lead us into the things of this sinful fallen world, whether it's actions or attitudes or ways of speech or lifestyle choices. Our fleshly nature wants what the world wants and will try to justify any of it to lead us in its ways. So now let's see what the Spirit of God within us is wanting to produce, all right? Let's look down in Galatians 5 at verse 22. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Quite a contrast to the ways of our fleshly nature. 
But I want us to notice one very important thing, and that is that our flesh produces works, things that we act on in the moment. However, the Spirit produces fruit, and fruit takes time to grow. So, the fruit of the Spirit is not a checklist of proper behaviors for a Christian. I think so often we look at it in that way. But it's the nature of God, which He wants us to experience in a way that will transform us and shape us and shape our actions and shape our words and our attitudes so that it's flooding out of us onto others. He wants us to experience His never-ending love so that we can then love as He loves. He wants us to experience His joy and His peace that is so supernatural, that's not dependent on circumstances. He wants us to experience His patience. I don't think any of us have any concept of how patient God is with us. I know He has got to be incredibly patient with me. And He wants to produce that same patience in us for others. Even when someone is really annoying us. (laughs) He also wants that patience produced in us when we're facing challenges that are taking longer than we want to resolve. God wants to reveal His kindness and His goodness and His faithfulness and His gentleness to us so that we can experience Him and know Him in a deeper way and let His nature shape us and shape our responses in life and our responses to others. It talks about self-control. When we want to do our own thing and hang out in the wrong places and with the wrong people who are involved in things we don't need to be involved in, or when the appetites of the world are trying to lure us their way, or when our flesh just wants to be angry and fly off the handle at someone, the Spirit of God will give us the strength to control the desires of our flesh. Listen to what it says in Titus 2 and verse 12. The grace of God teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and live self-controlled and godly lives. You see, the fruit of the Spirit isn't about a checklist of behaviors that we should have. It's about looking to God, letting the Holy Spirit reveal His nature to us and letting His nature shape us. His fruit becomes the byproduct of a life that walks with God and lets him take the lead. But let me ask you a question. Have you ever found that it's easier to give in to your flesh? Imagine this scenario. Maybe this will help us answer that question. If someone just starts yelling at you, ripping into you, criticizing you, is it easier to lash back at them, start yelling at them, or to hold your tongue and let the Holy Spirit direct your response? Be honest, it's easier to yell back, isn't it? Do you know why that is? Remember, the flesh is about works, action in the moment. And when we yell back, the flesh gets instant gratification. But the spirit is about fruit, which takes time to grow. All right, so we see the difference. 
We see this battle going on within us where our flesh wants to control us and the Spirit of God wants to produce His nature, His fruit in us. But now Paul continues with some advice about this choice. Let's look at verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Paul is reminding us that when we come into relationship with Jesus, we repented of our sins, nailing our sinful nature to the cross and choosing to live a new life, all right? And then in verse 25, he says, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. He's saying, so now our life should look different. We should walk in alignment with the Spirit of God. In other words, can I put it like this? If we're going to say we're Christians, then we need to live like it. All right, and then in verse 26, he says, Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. We need to live as the Spirit leads us to live. But remember, it's a process. And everyone's at a different place in their process. So we can't ever think that we're better than someone else because we're further on in our process. We can't put others down. And also, we can't be jealous of others who are further along in their process. We need to remember, we are all in process. So... Wherever you are at today in your process, whatever you might be struggling with, maybe your fleshly nature is trying to pull you in certain directions. Maybe you're struggling with your attitudes or actions or words towards certain people. I want to remind you that God loves you so much and he just longs to help you. Don't try to navigate it on your own. God is not mad at you, but he also won't force himself on you. He's just waiting for you to come and open the door by talking to him about it. And then listen. Let him speak to you. Let him speak to your heart. Let him speak to you through his word and ask him to strengthen you and to help you take one step at a time to follow his loving guidance. And let him help you lose the things he shows you. And then in the process, you will find more of his nature in your life. More of the life you were created to live. More of the life you were created to find. All right? I want to pray for you today. Father, I just pray right now for every woman watching And God, I am asking that by your Holy Spirit, you would just so lovingly and gently show us where there are things in our life, works of our flesh, behaviors, habits that we need to let go of. God, reveal those things to us. And Father, I pray that we wouldn't be afraid to let go of those things. We wouldn't be afraid to bring them 
to you and talk to you about them. God, I pray we would be women who would just come with open hearts to talk honestly with you about them. And as we do, God, I thank you that you are not there to condemn us, but God, I pray that as we open that door that we would experience your love pouring out to us. And God, that you would lovingly guide us and lead us with your wisdom on how to move forward one step at a time. God, help us to follow your guidance. Give us your strength and lead us into a life that is full of you and your nature that bears your fruit, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Hey, we've got some discussion questions coming for you to talk about with your groups. And also your group leader will share some things with you for you to just to ponder and think about and talk to God about throughout the coming week to let him continue working in your life. All right. Can't wait to see you in our next session.